You're listening to Healthy AF Podcast, discussing all things strength, nutrition, and performance. We help people improve performance, reduce injury, and move better. And now, here are your hosts, Dave Howington and Corey Lehman. Yo, yo, it's Healthy AF. I'm the man with your fitness plan. It's DJ C. Lay AA. Okay, hey guys, welcome to Healthy AF. Dave, what do you think of my, my intro? Uh, I did not, uh, he did not run that by me before we, we did that, um, so... That was unscripted. Do you guys think that, I have a, a career? That was 100% unscripted, and I like how you're, um, asking, you know, our listeners as if they can respond to you. <laughs> Can't they? I mean, Be like, uh, me being like, hey, what kind of tie should I wear today? This one or this one? Yeah. Well, you know, they do have to visualize some things we talk about. And some of the exercises we're taking them through today, they've got to sort of lock in and, and respond to us through their uh, through their physiology. I mean, to an extent, yeah. Um, this, these ones, they don't have to visualize quite as much. But uh, that leads us into what we're going to talk about today. And that is the autonomic nervous system. Or in other words, a fancy way of saying our nervous system that controls everything we do without thinking about it. Yeah, and let's go even more layman's terms and just say we're going to really talk about this idea of fight or flight and rest and digest. Exactly. Uh, And so I think the first thing we'll touch on is fight or flight. Um, And I guess another way to say it is like humans naturally are always stressed out. Um, And it's not to say stress is a bad thing. And in fact, a lot of times I think it's important to take a positive spin on stress and think about how it's growing you. Um, But that being said, humans are the only creature on this earth that think forward towards the future extensively, not just like five minutes into the future, but like way into the future, and then think passively towards the past extensively, not just like, what did I just do, but even like, what did I do a week ago kind of thing. Um, Whereas any other creature on this earth, you know, take for instance a dog, it will play and then it will fall asleep. It will wake up and play, maybe eat if it's hungry, and then fall asleep. Every other creature in this world perfectly lives in the present, whereas the humans, we are always thinking and dwelling on either the past or the future, and we struggle very much so to live on the present. Right, and apart from just the, the mental um, side effects or where that this has on us, it also has physical side effects as well. And we see this a lot when um, we assess different individuals. We've seen this a lot in ourselves, both coming from athletic backgrounds. A lot of times, individuals who um, participate in a lot of sports or they um, have a heavy level of activity tend to be almost in this like chronic state of fight or flight where their stress levels are high all the time. Yeah, and... It's really important to understand how to turn that fight or flight off because not only does this affect our mental state, but like Corey said, in our physical state too, you'll see athletes in positions that are not optimal for necessarily like everyday living um, or not optimal for providing them a lot of different movement strategies. Um, So a lot of times like you'll see athletes with what I call the Daffy Duck butt where they're living in excessive anterior pelvic tilt where their butt is sticking out and they have a large arch in that low back and then a lot of times too you'll see with that daffy duck butt a lot of times you'll see that the rest of their body is locked up around that position around that pelvis 
Yeah, I mean, I would say to even expand on that, like, <laughs> notice if you're one of those people, like, you have a significant arch in your low back. Also notice, like, do your neck muscles feel tight? Does your head sit forward? Are you con- Do you constantly feel like you're having to, like, pull your shoulders back to quote-unquote, improve your posture, all those things tend to be interconnected. And this isn't to say that fight or flight is something that we need to avoid at all the times. I mean, when... You got to go out and hunt at some point. Yeah. to get some food. Exactly. <laughs> and when you're playing sports, you know, like, you, want, you don't necessarily want to be laid back. Like, you want to be in the game. You want to be in the zone. And so sometimes, a lot of times in those moments, or like if you're in the weight room, fight or flight is going to be helpful and helping prepare your body for the, whatever the task is in front of you. That being said, you got to be able to turn it off. And that is an area where a lot of humans, especially nowadays in our digital age, we really struggle turning off that fight or flight response and turning on that rest and digest response. To that point, Dave, like on the digital side, because I, I don't even know if I know this, but I'm curious to your opinion, like, what does the digital stimulation do for our nervous system? Like, does it cause us to stay in that fight or flight, or what have you seen? Yeah, I mean, a lot of times the digital, like, you know, using our phone or whatnot, I've heard it compared to, like, a virtual slot machine in your pocket. Because when we check our phone, when we check a text message, it releases this neurotransmitter called dopamine. And a lot of times dopamine is that kind of reward transmitter that makes you keep doing more of what you're already doing um, to simplify it and hugely simplify it. Um, but then at the same time too, like dopamine continues to stimulate that fight or flight because I'm like thinking, oh, I'm getting this feeling of like, you know, after a run, I get that runner's high. Well, now I want to keep running. And so looking at your phone all the time, checking your phone all the time, does nothing to help ease that anxiety of thinking towards the future or thinking away from the past. So basically we're like going throughout our day getting little dopamine hits. I mean, that's why I like to see those, like when I have my text messages and there's a little red dot next to it, that's why I like to open it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's that, it's, it's a virtual slot machine or it's like when you check your email and you see, oh, I got an unread message or something like that. Like, or, you know, even taking it to social media, you go on Facebook and you see that you got likes or that Instagram, even though we really know that we shouldn't get validation from those things, and we still do, and it just keeps us addicted and keeps us fighting that parasympathetic state that we need to get into. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about like why it's really important to get into that parasympathetic state and maybe some strategies um, that Dave, you've implemented with yourself or with athletes or clients that you've worked with that can really help them. Yeah, absolutely. So the parasympathetic state, one of the things it does, so rest or digest, when we're in sympathetic, our body tenses up, it tones up. Think about when you've gotten angry or when you're stressed out or, you know, when you get tension headaches when you're stressed out or when you're angry, you feel all the blood flow to your muscles, you start tensing up and everything. Parasympathetic then will help release, help our body release that tone. Um, and it'll help release that muscle tone to a point where we're actually truly relaxed. And if you do this right, and if you activate the parasympathetic system right, it is going to feel weird because most of us don't actually live in parasympathetic. Um, and so that's one of the reasons why it's hugely important. But along with that, not only does it help us release our muscle tone, 
it also sets our body up to recover better because now our body's not on edge, our brain's not putting our body on edge. Now our body can truly relax. And let's say I just worked out, my body can now take that workout and start to like recover from it to a much greater extent than if I'm still in that stressed out mode. Yeah, and you think like how much or how many activities in your life this affects from uh, your sleep to things like um, digestion and constipation. Like that's always a good example I like to give people this um, this idea of like you think about it. I mean unless you're sick and you've, you've got the runs and your stomach is really off. Like you probably usually don't need to go to the bathroom during your sports competition. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're cuz cuz you're in this fight or flight. And a lot of people notice, "Oh, I have a bowel movement early in the morning." Well, why is that? You know, because you wake up, you're rested, you're relaxed. There's a good chance um that you are in that parasympathetic state and everything can let's just say flow nice and easy. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a good way to put it. Uh yeah, no. So I mean like our, our autonomic nervous system controls all of these functions that we don't normally think about. And there's a fancy term called the Jacksonian dissolution, which basically means the more sympathetic I am, the more my body's going to shunt towards systems that are lower evolved. So my body's going to start taking away the more complex systems, so that way I can truly focus. Like, let's say I, a lion is in front of me, I can either fight, which you know, I might do if I'm feeling crazy. I can run away, which is most likely, or I can, I might even freeze because those are the most lowest levels of evolutionary, I guess, layers that we have. And so everything in my body, my digestion, everything is going to shunt itself to put my body into a position where I don't have to worry about any of that. That's why a lot of times, you know, when someone gets really scared, their bladder relieves itself because all of a sudden everything else goes into the fear and not towards any other function in their body. And so again, think about if you're always in a state, even at a low level of fight or flight, you're always going to feel tired because your body's never actually resting and digesting. You're always you're going to have issues with your GI, or you could have issues with your GI, I'll say that. You could be, you know, just always on edge. Many different things that are affected by our fight or flight always being turned on and never actually spending time with our parasympathetic, never detoxing ourselves from technology, all that stuff. Yeah, and this is why I'm a, I'm a great athlete, Dave, and why you're brilliant, right? Because you sit and you let yourself relax and you get great <laughs> thoughts, and I just want to win spike ball games. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and, I mean, honestly, some of the greatest athletes, though, are the ones that know how to turn it off to an extent. Very true. So that being said, the one of the only like really proven ways to turn on slash turn turn off your sympathetic and turn on your parasympathetic is breathing. More explicitly the exhale. So think about when you are stressed out, when you're angry, or any type of sense that would be equivalent to being in fight or flight, you're gonna notice that you don't breathe easily and you don't breathe well. Whereas if you're truly parasympathetic, you're going to find that you're not breathing rapidly, but you're rather breathing slowly. And oftentimes your exhale will be twice as long as your inhale. So that's why a lot of times after a workout for myself or for my clients, I'll try to take them through either some sort of light static stretching where I help have them focus on the breath, but have them do something else. 
or I might even just have him do breathing. And I mean, that in and of itself is a form of meditation without taking up too much time. Um, I always like to use the anecdote that one time I had an athlete, he was in the middle of finals. I had him do a breathing drill and 10 minutes later I had to come over to wake him up. I mean, that's pretty good relaxation if I do say so myself. Absolutely. Or I mean, like if you ever got a massage and you're truly relaxed, I don't know about you, but I actually sometimes have come very close to falling asleep during a massage. Oh yeah, I've fallen asleep in plenty, but then I feel bad because I'm like, man, I wasted a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) True, because then you feel like you didn't actually get to enjoy the massage. (laughs) Uh, But that being said, so I want to just take through two different quick like breath cycles that will help turn on that parasympathetic system. And one of the keys with both of these breath cycles is the need and the urge I'm going to give you to fight the inhale. So there's going to be a couple points where you're going to pause. All right, so the first one is called box breathing. And this one's really simple with the reason why it's called box breathing is you're going to breathe through your nose the whole time. You're going to inhale for four seconds. You're going to pause for four seconds. Then you're going to exhale for four seconds. And then you're going to pause for four seconds. And that pause is probably the most important aspect of the box breathing. So don't cheat on it. And I'm not going to be able to count exactly four seconds, but I'll do my best. But we'll just go through one cycle of that. And even for me, I know when I do this, or even when I just take someone through it, I even feel my own like blood start slowing down, my blood pressure going down, and just a lot of things starting to ease up for me. Yeah, and if you're on 1.5 speed right now because you think Dave and I talk too slow, now's the time to turn to one speed. Yeah, unless you're driving. Don't touch your phone while you're driving. But that's another good point. Like We want everything in 1.5 or 2 speed because we're always in... Yeah, we're always in our rush. Always going, going, going. We don't take time to slow down. Um, So let me just give this one to you. So you're going to breathe in. Two, three, four. Pause. Two, three, four. Out. Two, three, four. Pause. Two, three, four. And so that's box breathing right there. That's one cycle. And you might do that. I might have someone do that for five minutes. I might have somebody just do that for like 10 breaths. All right. I usually recommend start where you're at. If you've never done it before, don't try to go to five minutes. Maybe just do 10 10 breaths or even five breaths of just doing that box breathing. And you will feel a difference in your body. You will feel a difference just in how you feel um, overall. I used to feel a lot. That's uh, that's bad English. Anyways, (laughs) so the next one is just I don't need there's no name for this I just call this exhale twice as long as you inhale so you're going to breathe in through your nose for three count you're going to breathe out through your mouth for a six count and the idea of breathing out through the mouth is to try to get all the air out of your body and then you're going to pause for a three count so it's going to go in for three out for six pause for three and again the pause is the most important part of this breath cycle so you're going to go in, two, three, out, two, three, four, five, six, pause, two, three. And that's the breath cycle for that one. Either one of these are brilliant to use first thing in the morning, because honestly, waking the transition from sleep to waking up is actually the most stressful part of everyone's day, whether we realize it or not because we go from a state of deep relaxation instantly into a state of alertness. That, so first thing in the morning, all right, or at the end of the day, 
before you go to bed, if you're someone that has trouble sleeping, just slowing down your breathing will go a long way in helping to slow down your body and even help slow down your mind. And then the other time you could even do it is after a workout. Yeah, and I would just say a couple of closing thoughts on this. Like, as someone who no longer wears their Apple Watch because I got so tired of it reminding me to breathe, um, I've really had to learn this lesson the hard way. Um, Because especially if you're into fitness and you want to make things happen and you want to be efficient, breathing can sort of seem rudimentary it can seem boring it can seem slow and you're like what the heck am i actually accomplishing um but the truth is like you uh, we sort of joke with people like you're not smarter than your nervous system you have to be able to get your nervous system to to transition into a relaxed uh relaxed state because otherwise um you will It'll be very difficult to improve mobility, improve flexibility. Um, It'll be difficult to reduce the risk of injury. So there's a lot of there's a lot of benefits to moving to a parasympathetic state, and um, it really isn't just for kind of like the foo foo. you know, I joke because I say the yoga people actually had it right all along with the with the breath work. It, you know, but there's a lot of stereotypes around breath work. But I, I tell people it's not just for that like surface level level pie in the sky foo foo fitness. Like it actually is going to really help improve your performance. So even implementing these two examples that Dave gave and just spending five minutes a day to start this can really make a huge impact in transitioning and improving your overall fitness. Yeah, absolutely. And a couple other things I want to leave you with, just in thinking of like the parasympathetic nervous system. And again, the reason why we're harping on this so much, especially because nowadays, very few of us know or live in a parasympathetic state. Most of us, whether we realize it or not, are in this constant fight or flight. And so one of the things, the hallmarks of fight or flight is that we're always in a hurry. Like Corey was talking about one and a half times speed. And one of the problems with breathing is it forces us to slow down. But that being said, like I want to leave you guys, you know, y'all with just a couple ideas of just other ways you can slow down. And they might sound absurd, especially if you're not used to doing this. Um, But something I've started doing for myself is I actually force myself to as much as possible drive the speed limit. Um, I know that sounds crazy because nowadays we all know five over is the rule, right? But Nine, you're fine. Ten, you're mine. Exactly. (laughs) But, I mean, what I found is that even just by driving slower, I find myself more relaxed when I come to work, when I go home. Um, And it's weird, you know, I don't know quite all the psychological or physical benefits, but I just do know that forcing myself to slow down and going the speed limit has done wonders for my mood, has done wonders for my stress, and it's because I'm not thinking and I'm not in a rush, rather I'm just focused on the moment and trying to practice being in the moment, which I think is pretty important when you're driving. Um, And then along with that too, is just try to find times to be on your phone less. Like maybe that means you spend maybe the first half hour of the day without your phone. Um, I bought a digital alarm clock for myself, so as much as possible I don't have my phone in my room that kind of stuff, but see what works for you and try to figure out ways to either slow yourself down, you know, it doesn't have to be crazy, and find ways to be on your phone less. Yeah, I love it. 
So there you go, guys. Until next time, stay healthy AF. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy AF Podcast, where we help athletes and adults move, perform, and live better. If you're not subscribed already, be sure to go ahead and click that button right now. And if you found value in this episode, we'd love if you would do us a quick favor and rate and review the podcast. We'll see you on the next show.